Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it. Hello and welcome to Review Time's theme podcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and parks from around the world. My name is Luke and I will be your host today as we go through a topic I'm honestly shocked it took us this long to get to, our favourite theme park things, which we've split into a number of categories including dark rides, coasters, shows, lands and more. But joining me as always is the man who is super excited to visit Sandusky, Ohio. Personally though, I don't see the point. It's my Review Time co-host Dominic Lacey. Wait, so if it's called Sandusky, does that mean that there's no Dusky there? Because it's Sands Dusky. No, yeah, yeah. There's no Dusky. There's no Dusk at <laughs> night. It just literally from one second, it goes from daytime to night. That's it. Like, it's really off putting. Black. <laughs> Everyone's just walking around like, oh, geez. Like the whole <laughs> city, just everyone freaks out all of a sudden. You never really get used to it. You never get it, used but... to it living there. That's okay. I. Uh, I genuinely do often wonder sometimes if people actually live in that city because all you ever hear about Sandusky is Cedar Point. I, that could just yeah. be because we're theme park people, but like, I don't know, it just seems weird. I guess it's kind of like you never really hear news outside of Anaheim that uh, doesn't yeah, involve other than Disneyland. Disneyland. <laughs> like there's yeah. a whole bunch of people who live there, but you wouldn't know it because I would say that like 90% of that council's priorities are Disneyland. Everyone no, else the is fight just they're that in at the moment almost. Oh, where yeah, they're like, true. oh, well, I don't like you and well, you don't like me. And then that's why they change their plans for the hotel and stuff. And very Look, strange. Let's just admit that at the moment, it kind of feels like Disney doesn't like anyone. <laughs> they like they like Disney. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> and people who blindly give them money. That's about it. And even Ooh, then, they spices. don't really like them. They just kind of put up with them. But That's we're not fair. talking about negative Nancy things on this week's episode. This is going to be a positive episode because we are talking about our favourite theme park things, which we've broken down into a number of categories. We've done episodes like this before, but essentially we'll take it in turns. We'll go through what our favourite thing in that category is. The other person will tell what their favourite thing in that category is, and then we'll discuss Generally, and then we'll roast each other. Yeah, I was going to say, there's two things will happen, and it's what happens all the time. One, we'll have the exact same thing, and we'll just kind of go, oh, yeah, I guess that's oh, true. It, it is or, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we'll have very close things, but somehow that means we'll roast each other anyway. I don't think we'll, anyone's going to come out with a super shocking thing, but, you know, sometimes if it's just not the same as your opinion, it's wrong. So, well, I think we can start off. Uh, my favourite theme park is mm. La Ronde. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually going on a plane right now to La Ronde. So, see ya. Yeah. That's what we, we get back. Uh, over the pandemic, have been able to save up quite a lot of money because mm. over 18 months we haven't been able to travel. Um, so we have actually started, starting today, and this is parody, so don't call us out <laughs> on this, um, but we have started the La Ronde Trust Fund. We are going mm -hmm. to go to colleges around uh, the the world and be like, you know yep. what? You're not going to college. You're going to La Ronde and they have to work there for four years. And by La the Ronde end of it- will teach you more life lessons than any college or university <laughs> degree. I'm sorry. I think that the funny thing as well is that I know so little about La Ronde except for the fact that it's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was even, it was one of the first like theme park memories I have like video sorry theme park youtube videos i have a memory of us watching together is the one that just roasts laron for like 30 I, minutes i gotta remember who, who made it, it. i can't yeah, remember it was, but it was a while ago it was someone who it like wasn't their typical style of video yeah. but they were kind of like look i just want to point out and it was like a 15 minute just roast <laughs> yeah. how bad it was and we're just watching it going ooh, ooh. <laughs> And that's why we have to go. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it is our the pinnacle of our list of it'll be the last park we ever review. Save the best till last. <laughs> but so let's jump into it. We'll start with something that I probably one of my standouts. Uh, I'm mm. I would prefer 
as a theme park guy, a nice, cool, dark ride, then a coaster. Ooh. So let's start yeah. at favorite dark ride. Now, to me, my top three are insanely close to each other. And yeah. depending on the day, I could go either way. So I'll just give you my top three and then I'll say my the one that currently today stands at the top. So three different theme parks too. Uh, Twilight Zone Ooh. Tower of Terror, the Disney Hollywood Studios version, not Ooh. the others. Uh, yeah. The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, the Islands of Adventure version, because it's, mm-hmm. well, it's the same as the one in Tokyo, but it's in English, so I can actually understand it. And then yeah. Indiana Jones Adventure, the Disneyland version. Those ah. are my top three. Uh, and of those three, Indiana Jones Adventure doesn't work consistently enough, so it's out. <laughs> Twilight Zone Tower of Terror takes it currently how I sit as my favourite dark ride in the world. Ooh. Okay, now mine's actually a lot different to yours. It, it, well, one of them's exactly the same, but two of them are different. Oh, two. <laughs> That's a lot different so, for us. For me, it kind of goes like it's really hard to rank. Yeah. But I guess this mostly comes from like a, a personal perspective in the sense that for my favourite dark ride, and, mm-hmm. and this can be contentious as to whether you've classified it as a dark ride or a thrill ride, uh, Tower of Terror, Hollywood Studios. And I would say, yeah. depending on the the elements, considering that it does have particular I think it's a dark ride because the same way that you can say a roller coaster it has a dark ride section, like it's a dark yeah. ride coaster. To me, it's that a dark means- ride thrill ride. Yeah, exactly. And then the other two... I've actually got three here, but one of them's super obvious. So I'm just going to say that they're two. <laughs> it would be, and these all literally sit on the same line. Yeah. So it goes first, Tower of Terror, and then all of these are second for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Which and version? this is just a, a, a blanket. Is that, uh, am I allowed to do wrong, that? You're wrong because the <laughs> Disney World version's poo. No, no, no. Okay. So my reasoning is. And this is the same reason why I've also put in here the Haunted Mansion as like a blanket mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion is because those are the experiences, those are the, the attractions that make me realize that I'm on a special trip. It's yeah. like you can't get this without going out of your way. Like for us, either going mm. to Tokyo or going to Paris or Basically, United there's States. There's no pirates close by. That that's for sure. There's no yeah, nothing. And so, there's nothing like it close by of either a pirates or a haunted mansion. Really, like exactly. And those are the things that make me realize that I'm I'm on a special trip. I'm doing something mm. exciting that's a bit different, and it sort of helps to ground me in that experience. As well as I've also included a third one in here, which is Mystic Manor. Yeah, it's really good, s- and I've ridden that like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think there's any major surprises. I think we've we've kind of tacked the reason we've got other than both our top being Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, we've got quite different uh answers there is we've approached it in different ways as well. Like yeah. which um you know, Haunted Mansion Pirates are easily the right like at a Disneyland style park, I'll probably ride Pirates and Haunted Mansion more than I will ride Indiana Jones Adventure in a trip. Yeah. Like just um, mainly because probably the lines are shorter yeah. and they're not down as much. So Yeah. Um and then I think the cool thing, which this might be contentious as well, the reason I like Haunted Mansion so much, even though it's not in my top three, is I really like Haunted Mansion Holiday and I kind of appreciate both versions mm. almost equally, which Means you got kind of two good rides in one. Uh, but yeah, Tower, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror has to be the Disney Hollywood Studios version. Um, neither It's unfortunate that neither of us have ridden every single version of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So we can't really have a exact... Oh, I, like, was a, I was just thinking of it and I'm like, I'm missing one. Yeah, I'm I've only, ridden all I'm missing of the Tower one of as Terrors, well. yeah. but um, not all of the... That style of attraction that now, yeah. Which just from the ones I've ridden now, I would have to say, Tower of Terror is number one. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is number two. Tower mm. at Tokyo Disney Sea is number three, and then Tower of Terror at what used to be at Disney California Adventure is number four, which is almost identical to the one in Paris, 
but the Paris one would probably be at number four because it now has like a different storyline. And the DCA version would, I would argue, is the worst, even though it's still a really good ride. Yeah, so it sort of falls under that problem of with the uh, sort of the step down. So you've got the Hollywood Studios version. And for those that don't know, they are different in the sense that you've got sort of it's more extended. I feel the drops are more intense. Mm. It's got randomized sequences. and I would say the DCA style is actually more intense than the Hollywood Studios style. But it, it's not yeah. as much of a full package. It's... Not now. So I would yeah. not necessarily Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, but the original drop profile, I don't know if the motors were stronger or something, but that version, the DCA version, always gave me more of a gut punch feeling than the yeah. Disney Hollywood Studios version. I guess it's just the fact that I've. it's really hard to compare considering the gaps that I have between my trips. Yeah. But from what I've experienced, like the... Tokyo Disney C1 is the least intense, but oh, yeah. when it comes to the other versions, they're all just in a, a sort of singular Similar. attraction, but they're sort of stepped down in the pacing and all of that. And yeah. that's why Tower of Terror sits at the top. So you've got all those same things, like the same atmosphere and the same theme and the same sort of like, mm. ooh, this is spooky. Even but- the pre-show is pretty much identical, well, was before Guardians, like was identical between three of them. You know, it's the library it's the perfect summarization mm. of that point where Disney World, everything was just more grand. Mm. Yeah, there was like a point. It was like a decade where everything that they made at Disney World was just more. It was a plus one that version. And that was a lot of when, you know, um, Paris was meant to be, you know, the plus one version. So take all the classic yeah. attractions and plus one them. And then there was, yeah, for the while, but the kind of... In Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, it wasn't necessarily that Disney Hollywood Studios was a plus one as much as the others were a minus one. Yeah. Which you didn't like because <laughs> um, it's cheaper, you know, they've got less things that can go wrong, essentially. But yeah, I feel even though, you know, if we're talking Dark Ride, I guess of my three Dark Rides, all of them do have a thrill element of some kind. Mm. Like the Indiana Jones Adventure ride vehicle, the way it moves is a lot more thrilling than you'd expect a dark ride to be. Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man isn't super thrilling, but that effect where it looks like you're being sucked up into the air is an incredibly realistic effect. Like if you go into that attraction blind, which you can't now because I spoiled it for you. But (laughs) um, if you, like I went into that attraction blind the first time I rode it, I had never even seen a POV. I'd heard that it was a good ride, but that was it. Um, And then that moment genuinely is one of the the moments I've had in a theme park where I thought it was real. So I genuinely Mm. thought that we were on some type of rising platform. It's very clever. It wasn't. We were on completely flat ground. Like, and that is incredible sort of, to me. The attraction cups you in such a way that it's really hard to see anything outside yeah. of the vehicle. I do say, like, one of my problems is because I experienced it first in Japan. You I got to experience all the effects and, and all of that. But I haven't, like, I didn't really get any of the story. I didn't really understand what was guess going the on. the story. I could uh, piece it together, yeah. but it was just... Sort of like, it. I don't know, it was less impactful. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of would ruin it then now if I was to go and experience it in English, that it would mm. kind of just be like, oh, you this never is get that the Tokyo first version. ride. Back. That like wow factor that yeah. you get. Which is that, that's why I love the first ride because I went in with so little expectations. That's what allowed it to wow me. And then, you know, each. Uh, subsequent time I went on it, you, that's when you notice the more and more things. But yeah, I guess they've kind of removed that. Um, yeah. Is there any rides in the world that you think may be in the top three you haven't had the chance to ride? I really like the look of Symbolica. Mm. I, I just, it's one of those things where to do what they did, it's at Europa Park, isn't it? No. No, that's at Efteling. Efteling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to do what they did at that park is just outstanding. Like the, the, the budget, fact that they're challenging yeah. Disney and Disney is a trillion dollar company. It's not something to take lightly when you're trying to go against them. Like even and Universal struggles at times and like 
you know, oh. some uh, sometimes when they go head to head, Universal struggles. So let alone you know a regional park, which is what this is. It would be like hmm. you know a Cedar Point trying to make a Disney attraction. Yeah, it'd and they be pulled like- it off. Like Symbolica, they Efteling pulled it off. Which is why Movie World Australia needs a Space Jam attraction. <laughs> Just hit me up. The original, yeah, not the new. Written the for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's right there. I know. I I have talked about this before, and I will talk about it again. You have the opportunity to be like, "Hey, we're in the back lot. It's me, mm. LeBron James. I think <laughs> I'm not sure who's in it anymore." And he's like, "Oh, we're gonna teach you about basketball," and you go into a mm-hmm. fake NBA experience. And then they're like, ah, we need you for our uh, game. And then they pull you into the hole and you get sucked into the hole with it. And then you experience Space Jam on a slow moving boat ride. There you go. You could start (laughs) off pretty cool. Just be like, have some fake out similar to Men in Black. Where it's mm. like the the universe and you or whatever it is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, there is nothing out there. And it's like, mm. wait, the agents are here. Anyway, I just spoiled that attraction. So, <laughs> uh, this is the spoiler cast. Apparently. Uh, the few that obviously I think that could crack into those top three for myself. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, P- Battle for the Sunken Treasure at Shanghai Disneyland. Um, mm, yeah, that just looks incredible. Uh, and then obviously, uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which fingers crossed, uh, I should be writing in a couple of weeks. So, but we'll talk about that later in a different episode, upcoming yeah. episode. Uh, but yeah, Pirates of Caribbean Battle of the Sunken Treasure to me literally looks like the reason to go to Shanghai Disneyland. There's not really anything else that I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I'm like, oh, that'll be awesome to experience. There's not really anything else I'm like, I must do like the way Battle for the Sunken Treasure is. But I don't think any of those are, are too edgy of a decision from no. us. So let's let's move on to roller coasters and I'll let you start this time. Let's see if it gets a bit edgier. Okay, so I've got two for this one. I, I can probably think of more, but these are the two that stand out for me. That sort of go. And I'm still on that theme of like, ooh, I'm on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So the coasters, one of them is in Hong Kong. No, wrong. Uh, one of them is in Disneyland. Two of them are the same ride. Let me start oh, again. This Luke. is going to be some edgy. <laughs> this is going to be edgy. The fact you said the word Disney when talking about best roller coasters, I can hear the, the Twitter at review, time reviews at- coming already. <laughs> Where do you get off <laughs> review time, Dom? So I'll say the first one. The first one is Superman Escape at Movie World. Mm-hmm. And I know people are probably like, not DC Rivals. <laughs> and my reasoning is that DC Rivals is consistently good, but Superman Escape has a part that is like, even if it is for like five seconds, it's excellent. And it's I a will full take package those five. Ride. Superman's yeah. one of the few what I would call full package coasters in the world. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I agree. Go on. And it's, it's just got that wow factor. Anyway, mm. so the next two are kind of the same attraction, but they're for different reasons. So Space Mountain at Hong Kong Disneyland, and hear me out. Clack, 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 clack. Oh, here comes the <laughs> at time review. At review time, Dom. <laughs> The, the reasoning behind it is because I've got a very personal connection with this attraction. I've got a lot of really good memories. It's something that whenever my, my friends or my family or anyone came to Hong Kong, the first thing we would always do would be Space Mountain. And that mm. was when everyone would be like, wow, this is great. You've got the music going. Everyone's having fun. And then after that, everyone's in a really good mood. And it's just it's. It's just a good coaster. It's not great. I don't think it's the best coaster in the yeah. world. I Remember, just, it's, it's fa- my favorite. our favorite rides, not the best rides. So you can't add us. You can't add us. The other one which falls below that is Space Mountain at Disneyland. Same mm. reason because it's basically the best version of Space Mountain, mm. but I also haven't ridden it since 2008. So it just which I don't have that same the personal the, connection yeah, to that one. Yeah, exactly. Isn't the big shame now is Hong Kong still hyperspace, isn't it? Hong Kong's permanently hyperspace mountain uh, now, which is really annoying and so, should not be yeah. allowed. Disneyland <laughs> has gone back to the classic um, since reopening. 
which is good they to alternate. see. They alternate. It's really weird. Yeah, so Disneyland used to do, like, seasonal overlays almost where, you know, Hyperspace Mountain, the Ghost Galaxy one for Halloween and regular would just, like, be cycling throughout the year. But even I, I don't think I've ridden Classic Space Mountain in maybe the last two trips I've made to Disneyland because it's been hyperspace. And I think they did that thing even when, so last time I went, Galaxy's Edge had just opened and they were still running Hyperspace Mountain. So it meant they yeah, had was... Star Tours, Hyperspace Mountain and Galaxy's Edge all in the same park. And I honestly think they left it because they were like, oh, you know, people are going to want to ride a, a, a Star Wars ride, but I'll be so busy. <laughs> Let's just keep the, the coaster. No, so I remember this and I believe I may be misremembering it, but I'm fairly certain they took hyperspace mountain away and then just before the opening of galaxy's edge brought it back because it was kind of like tied into it yeah now also i was very lucky when i went in 2008 or the last time it was either 2008 or 2009 but the last time i went it was officially rockin space mountain but (laughs) thank the disney gods the bonus of rockin space mountain was that it only ran at night which is uh, really odd because why would you have it only run at night in an attraction that is completely in the dark? But thankfully they did that. So in the day we got to ride the original attraction, then at night it was like, welcome to the space stage. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and they, they, that was a weird era where they also did it over at uh, California Adventure on California Screaming. It's a... Uh, Look, let's just say Bob Iger started off slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we've, again, we've kind of approached it in a different way. But my thing is I don't really have any super strong personal connections with any coasters. So for me, it is just three coasters that I really like in my top three uh, yeah. from three different parks. And two of you've ridden one of these three. Um, in no particular order. And then I'll try and pick my favorite, though. It's going to be pretty difficult. Uh, so Maverick at Cedar Point, which is the Interman multi-launch coaster that's meant to feel oh, like you're yeah. essentially riding a, a Bronco. And that is just a super unique ride. Like, you know, I haven't done a ton of coasters. I've done like 130 or something, which I know sounds like a lot to some people. Uh, but mm. for a coaster enthusiast, that's nothing. Um then also in the top three, the only RMC I've ever done, which is Twisted Colossus at Six Flags Magic Mountain. That thing just does not let up until it's done. <laughs> um, I've been lucky. I know some people, you know, if you get unlucky, you don't get a proper dueling run, which yeah. means it's not quite as good of an experience. Um, but I've been lucky every time I've ridden it. I think two or three times I rode it in one day. Um We've got dueling every time. And then DC Rivals, which to me is my, I would argue, the best coaster in Australia, but not necessarily the best coaster experience. I would still give Superman as a full package experience overall better. But Superman is pretty much Australia's version of a Strata accelerator coaster anyway, where the launch is the best part. And then it's kind of all downhill from there, literally, once you hit the top of the top hat. These are also the things that I'm hearing about. Uh, I or- honestly know it as Orange Snake at the moment. Steel Taipan. <laughs> Steel Taipan and Dreamworld. The things that I'm hearing from people who are annual pass holders at Dreamworld, they're now able to go in and start mm. experiencing this attraction. I believe by the time this episode is out, it'll actually be officially opened. It I believe it opens, opens like on the 15th. 15th. Yeah, yeah, for Dreamworld's anniversary. But the thing that I'm hearing is a lot of people wondering whether it would compare to DC Rivals. And they're like, it's a different experience altogether Mm. because you do have that launch. And I find that people come off more giddy after a launch. There's something about it. Like, I will come off DC Rivals and be like, that was great. But I Mm. won't be like, whoa. But something like Superman. Yeah. To me, even though it may not seem it looking at my top three because there isn't a launch coaster in there, but a, a really powerful launch is my favorite roller coaster element. Yeah. Like, I I will easily take that if you're just looking at a singular element. 
over, you know, a big drop or something like that. It's something like even, you know, Accelerator at Knott's Berry Farm is really close to my top coasters in the world because it's mm. the same launch system as Superman, but even faster. Like Oh, wow. <laughs> like a stronger acceleration. And that just literally takes your breath away. Knott's, I feel, is underrated. Accelerator is one of the best launches in the world and it actually has a layout. It's not a huge layout, but after the launch, it actually does something other than just go back to the station like a lot of accelerators do. Yeah. And Ghost Rider is my favourite wooden coaster in the world. An extension of the video I released this week, Knott's is in a very good position to kind of gobble up the post-Disney market. Mm. You know how sort of looking at Disney keeps on raising the bar to push people out. If you've been pushed out of Disney, like if you find that you're not able to do yearly or frequent trips Mm. anymore, definitely give Knott's a go. Because from what I've heard, I've never been. Yeah, Knott's is a great park. The issue it has is it's not a destination park. Yeah. So you're not going to base your trip off knots in the same way you'd base a trip off Disneyland because you can really, if you if it's quiet, you can get everything satisfyingly done in a day. If it was a, a little bit busy, even then you'd kind of struggle to fill two full days at the park unless you're doing a lot of eating and stuff. Currently, like, from what I've heard, their Christmas event is spectacular. It has, like, Mm. you know, a ton of entertainment, a ton of stuff like that. Um, But Knott's, to me, I I always visit Knott's if I ever visit Disneyland. And it's the perfect breakup, like, breaking up of a Disney trip. Where you don't just want to be, you know, surrounded by Disney for a week straight or whatever it is. Because Knott's is a really good park. I would argue... For the park itself, as a theme park, it is Cedar Fair's best park. It doesn't have you know, as many uh, amazing coasters as Cedar Point, but it does. Yeah. It's got a full, you know, entertainment, some amazing rides, some, you know, dark rides, some, you know, super unique shows. The whole Ghost Town section is spectacular as well. Like, as a full package, Knott's is probably Cedar Fair's strongest park. It's got a lot of personality as well. Yeah. That's that's what I see a lot. Mm. Yeah, it's I really want to get out to Knott's. The thing I find speaking to you is that for the second host of one of the I guess we're we're getting up there as a prominent theme park reviewer. I mm. haven't really been to that many theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm realizing more and more that it's like, oh, I need to organize hey, yeah, some time. You've been and- to Thought Park. That's the yes, number one. That is true. Uh, why would I bother jealous. going anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't. Honestly, if you told me to pick between those top three, I would probably say Twisted Colossus. Yeah, I've heard um, really good things about that attraction. And from what I've heard, is it's you know a good RMC, but it's not the best RMC out there. Ooh. So that just makes me like more excited to try. You know. Um, Steel Vengeance at Cedar Point, uh, Hakugai at Nagashima Spyland is meant to be really good as well. And, mm. you know, just some of the... I'm really excited to eventually get to try another RMC because that's the only one I've done and it's in my top three coasters and people say, you know, oh, it's the fifth best RMC out there. RMCs aren't super expensive, are they? Uh, so the, the reason it, it looks like they're not as expensive is you kind of... So something like Twisted Colossus was a wooden roller coaster already mm. that they then so that Colossus was the wooden coaster at Six Flags Magic Mountain that they then turned into Twisted Colossus. Uh, so okay. you've essentially if you're doing that style of, you know, RMC where you're retrofitting a new ride onto a lot of as much they can reuse the older system, you're essentially only paying for half a ride. But yeah, whatever true. even like a, a single rail RMC are quite affordable. For a theme Because I was just... Wasn't the one at Nagashima Spa Land a full knockdown? No, no. It's it's our friend, White Lightning. White... What was that? White Lightning? White, White, Cyclone? White Cyclone, I think. Yeah. It was that. It's that. An RMC oh, really? at that coaster. Yeah. Ah, I thought they fully knocked it down. No. Because okay. I was going to say, like... The one you're thinking, probably thinking of ground up uh, RMC would be, like, Zadra in... Uh, yeah. The In Europe. And from what a lot of people say, that is, you know... Top three coasters in the world. And it's one of the... Yeah. It's really frustrating. We have a 
wooden roller coaster on its way in Australia. And it's just like, if they could have only spent the 20 to $30 million more and gotten an RMC. <laughs> they probably wouldn't have even... Well, we've never had one in Australia, so it's hard to tell. But, like, I don't know. Let's see. Can we? What did Zadra cost? I wonder. Yeah. It's all. And remember, well, RMC is US based, isn't it? Hmm. It's okay. the review time Google cost. <laughs> it cost sixty-one million PLN. What the heck what is, is it? It cost fifteen million P- US dollars, so about twenty million that's, Australian. Isn't that what that's that really cheap? <laughs> isn't that what that one is costing Australia? DC like, Rivals costs 30, 30 million. million. I know you then have to also factor in that construction within Australia is very expensive, so you'd almost need yeah. to double the cost. But at the same time, I do believe that the entire New Atlantis land at 50, SeaWorld is about 50 million. Yeah. So it definitely would have fit within the budget, which is why they didn't go down that route. I'm not sure. I, I do know that they know. wanted to sort of embrace that family crowd. And I guess if they keep it separated, which is a dumb idea, do not separate your thrill and family audiences because otherwise you're just going to have massive problems. But uh-huh. if that's the route that they want to go down, then Good I wouldn't be surprised if... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to something a little bit different. We're going to talk about theme park shows, but we're going to split it into two. So... Mm. Let's talk about first just favorite theme park show. We're not talking about nighttime spectaculars here. We're just talking yep. about favorite theme park show. I'll go first with my top three, as always. Uh, settle it down to one. One of these might be a surprise to you. I don't know. Uh, Big Ben mm. Beat, Tokyo Disney Sea, Indiana Jones, coming. Epic Stunt Spectacular, Disney's Hollywood Studios, coming. and number one. Aladdin, a musical spectacular at Disney California Adventure. Unfortunately, no longer there. On thinking about it, I also saw that coming. <laughs> no, no big surprises there. Um, for three completely different reasons, Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is probably the closest thing I would say Disney's ever come to a spectacle daytime show. Yeah. Like, there's some huge set pieces, um, practical stunts, practical effects, you know, fire, explosions, everything you could ask for. I mm. don't necessarily love the, like, we're filming a movie angle. I would prefer, and it was close, I almost replaced Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular with Waterworld from from <laughs> Universal Studios. Yeah, um, I can Because see that. that's a storyline-driven thing. You know, they don't do that weird pausing, talk to the camera, for, like, talk to the audience, the slash the camera for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Big Bambi, Tokyo Disney Sea. Obvious reason why. Oh, let's talk about your three and then I'll give some more reasons just in case there's some overlap. So mine, uh, there is a little bit of an overlap. The first two are actually at Hong Kong Disneyland. Mm. One of them doesn't exist anymore. And one of them I just always vibed with. So my top theme park show is Lion King, Hong Kong Disneyland. Reason being, I just, I know a lot of people have, problems with the sort of shows that are just like hey here is a really condensed version of uh, the book lion report king show yeah, yeah book report shows and i i don't i think the the talent that they get for this show yeah. is spectacular the dancers the singers the effects that they use as well because this one's slightly different to the one yeah. that they have at Walt Disney World and they've got effects in the stage the stage rises up and down they have aerialists and all that it's just a lot of fun as well as i believe that they i I know you are the biggest fan of Lion King at Walt Disney World. I do believe that the Hong Kong Disneyland version no. has better pacing. You're wrong. Uh, it, the, no, we, it's... I do no. not care for the tumble monkey. <laughs> well, the tumble monkeys aren't in it anymore. But to me, that's why I like the Disney World version because, yeah. as you were saying before, you know, you're saying, oh, it's just a book report show. The, Holy, the, the Hong Kong version is a book report show. The... The Animal Kingdom one version is doing something extra with yeah. the music of, um, 
you know, the music and the story of The Lion King, which it doesn't even really tell the story. It's literally like, here's the absolute bops from The Lion King <laughs> and like some relevant. It's like Cirque the Lion King. That's, that's what I like. I, and I think it could also be the, the version you see first. Yeah. Is the version you're likely to like first because you saw Hong Kong first. I saw Animal Kingdom first. And for both of us, the one that we saw first is our favorite version of the show. When seeing the I other. think maybe for different reasons as well. I'm more of like you seem to be very driven towards uh, story and cohesiveness and making sure that everything makes sense within the context that it's performed. And whilst I appreciate that approach for the one at Walt Disney World, and I just had the slightest glimpse uh, of uh, self-awareness for a second of how intensely we're talking about the comparison of two shows at that theme the parks. Same name. What is it? What is our? <laughs> What is our job? Anyway, so <laughs> the, the reason why I really like the one at Hong Kong is because it's sit down, no nonsense, you get a whole bunch of Lion King and then you're on your way. Mm. I appreciate the stuff that it's like we are the band of traveling salesmen, uh, not salesmen, storytellers, and you get to know a little bit about them and then using that, they then take on their roles and it's like them playing different characters and I can also see mm. why you wouldn't like just generic nondescript people coming up and taking on no, the roles I, I of the characters still, so as well. It may sound like, we, you know, each of us hate the other version, but I would say, you know, I like the Animal Kingdom one is a 10 out of 10 show and the Hong Kong is like an 8.5. It's not like a, yeah. you know. <laughs> and mine's, uh, mine's all, almost exactly the yeah. same in that sense. Uh, that- there's only one thing, though, and if you know, I think you will know if you've seen this show. <laughs> there's only one. The reason the Animal Kingdom one is better is because it has the guy. And it has you our know, boy. Our boy. If you know the guy, you'll know the guy. He takes a lot of dramatic pauses when he talks. So the line, <laughs> you know, the line will be like, we have been expecting you. That would be the way and like to deliver that line. No, no. His way Dramatic pause city. We have been expecting you. And if you you know this guy, you'll know from just that description, the guy. And this is a compliment. I love this guy. Oh, I, I love this guy as well. Like, I have found particular recordings of the show that have this guy. And mm. he's a standout because of it. And the thing that I love as well is it's not just like, we have been like it's not just that it's like we ha have been ooh expecting <laughs> and he like chucks in these yeah. little like ooh, bits ha, and bobs they're like ooh ooh it just looks like he's like vibing and having a really good time with the show yeah. which i love to see that feeling of if you can tell a performer is having fun with something when you're watching it from the audience compared to you can tell when a performer is just running through the motions that guy was just having Fun, like he got a dream job. He just gets to you know sing and dance uh, in a nice air conditioned space. Like, good on I him. I do feel like the Hong Kong one would be the dream job because you don't even have to come out and rouse the audience. Similar to them, where they're like, yeah. oh, "Okay, let's." Uh, this is no, no, the no, elephant no, no, no. section. Yeah. Everyone, get your butts up in the air. So <laughs> the Hong Kong one, you just sort of run on, do your show, and there was no overlap in performance for any other shows in Hong Kong either. Yeah, so that's anyway, not like enough. <laughs> enough Lion King because we're forty minutes in and we still have two more sections. Uh, mm. Oh my gosh, we have three more sections to go. Uh, I've also got in here uh, my bottom is Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. And for some reason, I've gone one, three, and now I will do two. Wait, your bottom <laughs> is in the worst, or it's just number three? No, sorry. Three? My bottom of the, the top three. Oh, so you thought we argued about the bloody best. Lion King. And you said the <laughs> epic Stunt Spectacular is worse than Beauty and the Beast live on stage <laughs> in the same park. We were going to have a punch on. <laughs> no, I look, Beauty and the Beast is uh, my favourite nighttime spectacular. Yeah, so that's fair, a little fair, hint coming up soon <laughs> so for indie the reason why i put this third i have no idea uh well why i've said that in this order but it's i just really enjoy it plus i also had that experience where i was in it oh, once yeah, in i waved show. my hands i was jealous i've probably seen that show 15 times i've never been in it and you, you the got- one time you saw it I think it was your birthday, but it wasn't actually your birthday, but you had a birthday bun because it was close enough. 
And I think that's why. Yeah. That's the, you need to. If you want to get birthday on that show. for a month. At, if you go to Disney within a month of your birthday on either side, you get to wear the I'm celebrating my birthday button, I think. You've also got to be a Westwood Ho and a Disney simp <laughs> to get on that show. You have to wear like That's wear true. the ears, wear like a, a spirit jersey, wear pins just and wave like a mm-hmm. lunatic. Make yourself so embarrassed and you will get picked. The... <laughs> And so my other one, which you may be like, what? But you never got to experience this and it is closed. And I know some people are going to be like, you're an idiot and you're (laughs) wrong. But I really like the Golden Mickeys. The Golden Mickeys. It's it's got this element to it where it's early 2000s Disney theme park show. Mm. On a really high budget as well. So, and it it came from the cruise line. It's a very condensed version of the show. But I don't know what it is. It's just everyone always has fun and the music where it's just like, da-dun, da-dun, da-da-da-da-dun. And it's, ooh, ooh, I'm liking this. Yeah. And then at the end, they shoot confetti over everyone. And like, I I don't remember it too much. And it's probably just that thing where distance makes the heart grow fonder. But I just... It was always a vibe, and that was one of the things that I would always do at Hong Kong Disneyland is just go in there and watch the shows. And yeah. I think during that time as well, I only saw, like, three people play Scar as the Lion King. There was, like, one primary person, one secondary, and one mm. person in the six months that I went to that <laughs> park, I only saw once, Jeez, and they were yeah. spectacular, and I never saw them again. Too and good. I don't know Get what happened to them. I gave them a compliment as well. I went to car services, and I was like, they were divine. Use them more. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I think the the best explanation I can give, well, at least for my top two, which is Aladdin and Big Ben Beat, the best compliment I can ever give is I've seen both of these shows twice in the same operating day. That's how much I like this show. (laughs) All right, let's move on uh, to favorite nighttime spec. Uh, These might be close between the three of us, but you can start. Mm. Okay, I'll start with uh, favorite nighttime spectaculars. Now, I've got three and then an honorable mention. Mm. Well, actually, two of them are the same, but it's different places. And you're going to hate me for this. So my if, it, if it's what I'm about, what I think, oh, <laughs> one of them is Fantasmic at Tokyo Disney Sea, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic show, and I'm sure that we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, no the other one, yet. don't hate me, Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios. Stop, stop shaking your head of disapproval. I know it's not the best, but it's still good and it's fun and it's got that same vibe where you get in there you're surrounded by a crowd of westwood hoes and disney <laughs> sims and people who've never listened to the podcast before will not understand that reference and good uh go back through every episode and try You'll and find, find it, it. <laughs> good luck. so I, I just love being in that amphitheater with all of those people, the perfect, like, purpose-built area that mm. caps off the end of your day. There's something really spectacular about that. The atmosphere before the show is almost better than the show itself at yeah. Disney Hollywood Studios. And then there are, I guess these are sort of two honourable mentions, mm-hmm. one of them being Disney in the Stars, which was the original Hong Kong uh, fireworks display. Mm-hmm. The, the like, it's nothing special, but the fireworks were did spectacular. I, I think you did. Yeah, it's just they slowly added more and more over time yeah. as it went on. Like, so when it first started, it, there was no projections or anything like that. Mm. They then started bringing in basic projections on the walls of the castle. Then they yeah, did a yeah, full projection style, map yeah, in. Yeah. Of the castle, and then they eventually started adding uh, full projection mapping to Main Street as well yeah. for the same show. The entire time, keeping the That's same cool, fireworks, yeah. the same effects. The other thing as well, Upgrading. just the, the spotlights and everything. This being within Hong Kong, which is um, fairly close to China, they're very used to very big displays, 
and being there within Chinese New Year in Hong Kong, like you can tell that they had big shoes to fill. Mm. I have never seen a 40-minute fireworks spectacular before, but I did on Chinese New Year, and it was a lot. It just kept on going. (laughs) You know, the, like, entire Bay of Hong Kong? That Mm. was just full of fireworks. It was insane. That's awesome, yeah. The other one as well, which is sort of an honourable mention... And this is kind of around the time that I was starting to get more into theme parks and as I was getting uh, more of a love for them. And it's actually Symbio at Ocean Park, huh. which I, you never saw. No, but it's, I've never been um, to Ocean Park. I want to, but apparently they're closing like half of their ride. So I yeah, missed my chance. <laughs> they're doing a lot of big changes to make it more affordable. And they're also building like a whole new section as well. It's mm. very strange what's happening there, but I yeah. think they really got messed around from uh, the tourism drops with the protests as well as yep. uh, the, the problems the yeah. with COVID. But Symbio was just one of those shows that like it, it's got, it, it's kind of like a mini phantasmic. They've got fountains and then they have projections onto the fountains and a bit of fireworks and that, but it just kind of ramped up and had really nice yeah. effects and I really good and music. And it was really fun. And that sort of kick started me into being like, wow, this is good. Yeah. Is there anything better out there? And you what know how else? you have that experience? It's kind yeah. of like when you find a good song and then you find a better cover of that song. Yeah. Stuff and like that. leads you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I'll go these one. This I can actually probably probably order three to one. Uh, so third place, which is, is Hallow Wishes, which is uh, Magic Kingdom's old oh, Halloween yeah. uh, yeah. fireworks display. Probably one of the best fireworks soundtracks in the world that you'll Is ever that the find. One with everybody scream. Yeah. It's just okay, a bop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was lucky enough, this one is like a personal connection too. I used to um, work, when I worked there, we would like, as a, a cast, we would often just sit backstage behind the main street buildings and watch mm. the fireworks. You get like a spectacular view with like no guests to fight with or anything like that. Uh, and a oh, quick honorable mention to World of Color at uh, Disney California Adventure. I love World of yeah. Color. Uh, number two is Illuminations Reflections of Earth uh, at Epcot, specifically Ooh, yes. the holiday tag, which is the traditional show, and then added like an extra five minutes of like holiday stuff. Uh, and yep. one point, like it ex- fireworks explode onto the water, and then the whole water like lights up, like with candlelight. It looks like oh wow, like, that was awesome. Uh, and then number one, Fantasmic at Disneyland pre two thousand and seventeen <laughs> changes. Um, I appreciate that. I've never seen it. So for me, uh, fan- like what you were saying with Symbio, like some of my favorite earliest theme park memories from when I went to Disneyland in 2000 are of this show. I have vivid memories. I was only eight at the time and I still have vivid memories of seeing this show. It's one of the few things I have like super vivid memories of that I don't have any photos of to remind me from that trip. Then when I went in 2016, that was the trip that kind of turned me into like a passionate super passionate about theme parks and then that time i saw it and i started to think a few times i sort of started to think about it more in a tech side of things and that you know Mm. i've been lucky enough to see a lot of different changes over time in that show to me still the best version of the show is the time i saw 2015 original show um still peter pan pirate section but the newer dragon like the giant dragon stuff like that that show is you know, easily my favorite nighttime spec in the world. And this is probably mm. the one where I can very easily say so far, this is my favorite. The others, yeah. you know, would constantly chop and change between my three choices. This one, confident, this is my favorite nighttime spectacular theme park show. And yeah, I don't know if anything will come close to it. And a lot of that has to do with the personal connection I have with the show, just as much as the show itself. 
That's very similar to Hollywood Studios. Like when I went in 1999, I do not remember much of that trip. But mm. as you were saying, I do vividly remember certain parts of Fantasmic. Like when we were waiting in the amphitheater, I remember where we were sitting. I remember looking yeah. back and seeing the Tower of Terror. I also remember when the lake caught on fire because I was like, how is that possible? And so I, I'm the same. I have these really vivid memories of that but almost no memories of anything else from that trip, which mm. is really bizarre. Hmm. Which cool. All right, let's a speed run. We've got two to go, but I don't think we need much discussion of this. No. Next one, favorite theme park land. Just on the count of three, shout out what your favorite theme park land in the world is, and we'll see how different or oh. similar ours okay. might be. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, mysterious island. Grizzly Gulch. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. Uh, quick, I'll just quick uh, honorable mention World Showcase and Port of Entry at Islands of Adventure are my other nice. two. Yeah. Uh, but Mysterious Island, Tokyo Disney Sea, that's the island, that's the land in the middle of the volcano. It is the most immersive place in a theme park in the world. I've never found anything else that comes close to it. Being mm. surrounded by the volcano, which is erupting with flames looking down into the water and seeing the 20,000 leagues under the sea, Nautilus, and, you know, boats coming and going. And, like, it uses levels so effectively just for, you know, two good, really good rides in there as well, which both, you know, do incredibly unique things. For me, Mysterious Island, Tokyo, Disney Sea, easy choice for my favourite theme park land. We've gone different routes on this one. For me, it's... Uh, Grizzly Gulch is my favorite, just mainly because of the times that I spent in it. Mm. My honorable, my blah, 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 honorable mentions <laughs> were very similar. Uh, Mediterranean Harbor at yep, Tokyo Disney Sea and Main Street USA, including the hub of most Disney theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's if sort I, of like a broad one. <laughs> for me, like Main Street would obviously be, you know, it's not e- not necessarily even an honourable mention. It's my favourite theme park land for a very different... I spent, you know, countless hours of my life on Main Street USA at Magic Kingdom. Mm. So, you know, that it has a... Excuse me. Has a super place, uh, super strong place in my heart that will always uh, be there for it. And I guess I didn't even really think about it when I was thinking about this. Um, I was more thinking there have about, been you know, a couple of those that I've done where yeah, illuminations um, when you said that before I'm like oh yeah that is my favorite show yeah <laughs> um, which you know for personal reasons Main Street USA is always going to be in that way my favorite theme park land just because of the connections I have with it but for mm. I guess I maybe for this one I maybe thought more best theme park land when I thought yeah. Mysterious Island um, but you know I think both of those are logical choice but i know yeah i was just gonna say i know grizzly gulch is a really weird choice Mm. and my reasoning behind it is no that's okay uh my reasoning behind it was this land gets dead like from about Mm. seven o'clock onwards and one of my favorite things to do was just come out and vibe it's got that sort of classic i remember the lighting's music. like super nice in this land as well it's like, like it's yeah. all designed to simulate like candle lit lamps yeah. along and then you've got like the blue rock work lighting to sort of light up the mountain it just feels like a sleepy western town and you've also got that music which is just like banjos and kazoos uh not kazoos um harmonicas and just being in here as the trains going past the coasters running and there's only like three other families in here with you Mm. i don't know i just remember coming here and taking pictures and it was always a great time to sort of just vibe there were lots Mm. of spots where you could just sit down and and hang out that's a similar reason to Mediterranean Harbour is the atmosphere as well as Main Street is atmosphere. It's the place where you have to enter and leave from a Magic Kingdom style park. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Do you, um, for, sorry, favorite theme park, are you able to go mm-hmm. like three, two, one? Do you have them? Are yes. you able to say? Okay. I can oh, say that. Oh, there's two of them kind of. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, let's go for you 
and then just say your third favorite theme park in the world, and then I'll say my third favorite theme park in the world. Okay. Uh, I don't have a third. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, my, my uh, third, sorry, not third, my third favorite theme park in the world is Islands of Adventure at the Universal Studios Orlando Resort. Islands yeah. of Adventure, uh, I've been lucky enough to visit, well, now not almost all. I haven't visited Singapore and Beijing, but I've visited the rest of the Universal mm. Parks in the world. And Islands of Adventure just has, you know, a good mix of some of my favorite rides. Obviously, Spider-Man's there. Um, the Jurassic Park section there, I love Jurassic Park. And that is, yeah. I haven't obviously ridden Velocicoaster yet, but that is the best Jurassic Park section in a theme park yeah. in the world uh my little guilty pleasures there my favorite uh poseidon's <laughs> fury oh, no. Okay, no. <laughs> and i actually uh during christmas time i actually really love the the grinchmas celebration that they do at that park it's like oh yeah they do like a full you know 40 minute musical production of the how oh, the wow. grinch stole christmas um so yeah islands adventure easy for me what was yours for number three? Uh, so I didn't have one. Oh, you one don't have one. Three. That's right. Yeah. All right. So it's just every theme park in the world yeah. apart from my top two. <laughs> All right. So number two, then you can go first. Uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. Ooh, yeah. My reason I, being uh, I've talked enough about my uh, yeah, personal, personal connections connection. to this land. I don't need to go into it. I just yeah. spent a lot of time there and I really like going back. <laughs> All right. My number two, Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, what I would argue is the best theme park in the world, but that doesn't necessarily make it my favorite. I'm lucky I've, you know, spent two days at this park with you. I spent three days at this park with my partner. Um, and for a 14 hour operating day, every time I've been in this park, it is incredible how quickly that time flies. There is just, oh, yeah. if you just look at the list of attractions at Tokyo Disney, see, you, you really wouldn't think there's that much to do. But this is one of the this few parks. This is a that, half day yeah. park. <laughs> like if you just looked at the list of attractions, you could say that. But this is easily the the park in the world I could just spend the most time in doing essentially nothing and still be insanely happy with my choice. Like, yeah. oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and all right, number one for you. Uh, Tokyo Disney. Yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't. I was racking my brain if it could be anything else, and I think that makes no, no, sense. No, no, yeah, There it is. It's back, baby. Um, similar reasons for me mm. with Tokyo Disney Sea. It is just a spectacular park to be in, even though it's the best. Like I know some people sometimes have that thing. It's like it may be the best, but I don't connect with it. Mm. But I do. Uh, I've been here with yourself. I've been here with my wife. And just being able to walk around that park, having some drinks, capping it off yeah. with Fantasmic, doing all of those spectacular attractions, it's expertly designed, brilliantly put together, and just the atmosphere is not comparable to anything else in the yeah, world, I feel. That's for sure. That is why I would easily consider, you know, it the best theme park in the world. In our opinion, we've we've reviewed it, we've given it, you know, 92 out of 100 um, and, you know, if it wasn't using our ranking system, we would personally rate it five, six, seven stars <laughs> out of five. Um, uh, but for me, the number one theme park, as in my favorite theme park, is the original, the best Disneyland park in Anaheim, California. La Ronde. La Ronde. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of what we've been saying throughout this entire episode, that personal connection to the park. This is the park that set me down the track that, you know, made me work at disney made me start this channel with you like this mm. park if i look back through my life this park has probably had more influence than any other location in the world on where i am today you know personal life work all those sort of things thanks to this park the last place that you went before the pandemic was mm. Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And the first place that you're going back to is Disneyland. Disneyland. Say no more. You're very that unique in your... <laughs> if that doesn't explain it, I don't know what else does. It's also that perfect thing where uh, for us, you know, as Australians, it's the first Disney you get to if you go to America. So it makes more sense yep. to go there. That's probably the reason why, you know, I went there those first two times in 2000, 2008 with my grandma 
uh, just my grandma and myself the first time and my grandma and my sister the second time. And that was, you know, she always told me that that was the special place. You know, the first one, that's Walt's Park. It's the only one he walked around in. And that mm. appreciation, love and respect for the place has been passed down to me from her, which is cool. But I think yeah. that will do it. That, If nothing else, that episode tells you a lot about us as people. But if you would like to type about how Dom's wrong, uh, about <laughs> the, the Animal Kingdom version not being as good, you can get in touch with him at... Review time dumb on Twitter. That. We did that back to front. Yeah, that was if weird. You, if you'd like to tell me, <laughs> oh wait, let, we'll spin it. If you'd like to tell me about how I'm right that the Animal Kingdom version is better, uh, you can get uh, in touch with me at Review Time Luke. You can get in touch with me because I'm wrong at Review Time Dumb, <laughs> and you get both of us at Time Review or at Review Time everywhere else. We have got. One more episode coming up this year before we take a quick little hiatus over the Christmas break. So make sure you tune in next week for the very last episode of Review Time's Theme Park Cast 2021. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Review Time's Theme Park Cast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout out goes to our newest patron, AJ Danner, long-term Patreon, Ray Dredge, and to you, the listener, Review Time's theme podcast will be back next week.